Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 786. Buy what you love, drive what you love, enjoy enjoy cars in every way possible. Ride them, drive them, race them, and don't forget to show them. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Doug Friedman. Hey, Doug, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready. All right. Doug Friedman and his wife, Jeannie, are the founders of Carmel by the Sea Concours on the Avenue. It's an annual event that takes place during Car Week in August, where the other events include Vintage Racing, Concorso Italiano, The Quail, the Pebble Beach Concours, and numerous other automotive events. Carmel by the Sea Concours on the Avenue is on Ocean Avenue in the heart of Carmel, and it kicks off Car Week on a Tuesday and benefits the Carmel Foundation. Theirs is a gathering of collectible cars, race cars, and multi-marks, where originality and participation are the focus with a dash of fun thrown in, all adding to the casual nature of the show. Doug started this Concours 11 years ago after retiring from a career in real estate. He's been a car guy ever since he was a kid, and what better way to throw a party during Car Week every year for thousands of your best friends and automotive enthusiasts. So Doug, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about this event, and of course, your passion for automobiles? It's been going on since I was a little kid. Grew up in a household where you were taught to give back and be involved. When I was a kid, I flew line control, gasoline-powered planes, and we built up out of kids like a lot of guys. And the only difference in myself and all the other little kids in the Atlanta Flying Club was I was the one who organized the Flying Club. (laughs) And it just seems to have gone on from there, one thing after another, and always involved with cars in one way or another. At first, probably like a lot of guys uh, in high school, uh, and it tracked my high school years in Atlanta, 8 through 12, so that was 63 through 67, so many of you probably guessed it, mid-year Corvettes, near and dear to my heart, got involved with those, and we could afford uh, three, four, five-year-old cars, could never buy them new, and they were they were perfect. All of my bandmates, I was a drummer in a band. And uh, we all uh, bought these cars, worked on them together using a small toolbox. And, and one thing led to another, organizing things locally related to cars, particularly mid-year Corvettes, and having a lot of car fun. And one thing and another got involved in real estate development, and then it flowed into, into uh, more and more and more cars, cars, cars. And before I knew it, a number of years had passed, and I had had enough of real estate development, had some good fortune along the way, and uh, some tough times as well. But uh, there I was, looking for something to really do and be involved in, and I made that call to Carmel, the city of Carmel, in 2001, July. Can I come talk to you? No, it wouldn't be a good idea. Hey, y'all, but I'm going to be there in August, a month from now. Let me stop by. This is to the city community activities uh, group. Oh, yeah. Spoke to them, no, 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 and that went on for five years. And finally, on May 2nd, 2006, we got the green light and our permit. And there we were in August of 2007 with Concours on the Avenue version one, 
And here we are today about to do our 11th this August and had a great time, made many new friends along the way. And, you know, the best thing about cars is the friends you make along the way. And that's what we've been doing. Oh, my gosh. You know, this story is pretty incredible. And I think our listeners are going to really have some fun with this because your event has become an iconic event during Car Week. I mean, everybody talks about it. It stretched the week out in a way that no one ever believed back in the day would ever happen. So I'm excited about having you here. I'm excited about attending your event again this year, this August. I've already booked my airline flights. I'm ready to go. So this is a fun day for me, Doug. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. This is a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a Really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Doug, take the wheel. Relentless pursuit. It's straightforward. It's applicable to real estate development uh, and chasing that development permit, working on rezonings, working to make schedules, budgets, uh, chasing that property down, working with engineers, architects. Relentless pursuit to get the grass growing in front of that building you've imagined and work with a team. To create, it's the same thing, relentless pursuit, whether it's a restoration of a neat car or uh, getting that event ready for uh, a next event year or two years down the line, relentless pursuit. Yeah, you know, this is a wonderful saying, and that persistence and tenacity that entrepreneurs have is so, so important. And I grew up in a family where my father was an architect, so I sat around the dinner table every night and heard about all the stories of because he worked with developers like you and personal property people. He designed a lot of homes as well as commercial buildings. I understand that oh so well. In fact, early in my career, I spent many a day working as a commercial graphic artist and advertising executive with uh, commercial developers in San Diego. So I listen to those stories. You guys are brave souls because of what you have to put into everything that you do. Wow. I love that saying. That's awesome. Now, would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? You talked about being a little kid back in the day and, you know, flying the airplanes and being involved in cars. But is there a pivotal moment as you remember it when you knew you were a car guy? There actually two. For my 10th birthday, February 1959, received a subscription to Sports Illustrated. Back in those days, there was a surprising amount of uh, content related to racing and racers, great pilots. They were on the covers often. And in March of 59, a few weeks after my first issues arrived, there on the front of the cover, there's a young man sitting on the nose of I didn't know what it was, but it was none other than Phil Hill sitting on the nose of a Testarossa. And when you read the article, it was the it was the precursor to Sebring for '59. I read all the names of the starting grid, uh, and and uh, I had no idea that I would eventually one day meet a lot of those guys who made it through. And I read the word Ferrari for the first time in that short article, and that was a moment that I'll never forget. And to this day, I still have a copy of that, and it brings back so many memories whenever I take a moment to look at it. And then there's a second hook. In the fall of 1962, there I am in the eighth grade. Guess what? <laughs> Mid-year Corvettes, 1963 split window, and the roadster turn up. And when I saw those advertisements on television, I couldn't believe it. And in late fall, the Green family had moved in the prior summer, Ronnie, Teddy, and Linda. Linda, one of the three kids, was my age. 
And Mr. Green, you know, you could always tell in his garage his cars looked a little different than everyone else's. Somehow, you know, the hubcaps looked skimpy and the trim wasn't so prevalent on his cars like everyone else, uh, all the other moms and dads' cars. I didn't know those were dog dish caps and that <laughs> indicated this. And, you know, that thing sticking up out of the floor was a – I really didn't understand it all because it was so different. But in the fall of 62, he showed up in my driveway because he took Linda and I, the Northside High School eighth graders, often. He loved to drive his cars. And in my driveway, I walk out of the door one morning, and there it is, a split window. And I couldn't believe it. It looked like a rocket ship landed in my driveway. Yeah. It said fuel injection on the side. I didn't really understand that. It was such a great-looking emblem as it is to this day on the quarters of a mid-year if it's a fuel car. And Mr. Green would explain to me, you know, that's a special gas tank I've got here behind the seats. And because I was in the far right and you know, Linda was pressed up between us, you know, against us, yeah. that was because kind of big on Linda, and I didn't realize that was an NO3 tanker, 36-gallon option tank, and he would say to me, I have special suspension and brakes in this car. Didn't really understand it, but I believe to this day without real confirmation that I was driven to Northside High School in a Z06, a tanker car, fuel car, every day, day after day after day, and I would get in this rocket ship, and there would be Linda, and there would be Mr. Green. And, you know, he drove the car at a pretty good clip, different than the rest of the parents. Yeah. And I was done in between that article and Sports Illustrated, Phil Hill on the cover, and that Testarossa reading that word, all the names of those guys from around the world on the grid, and that split window I was done in. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, my gosh. With Linda at your side and, uh, yeah, the fuely. Oh, my gosh. What a wonderful story. Thanks for taking us down that road. Man, lucky kid you were, for sure. Well, Doug, what I want to do now is talk about some of the huge challenges of putting on an event like what you do. You and I have had many phone conversations. We've talked about things, and I've heard some incredible stories about how difficult it is to put on a Concours event, much less one right in the middle of a city, dealing with all the bureaucracies and the people and all the things and your event has gotten huge so take us down a path tell us one of the huge challenges you face with putting this event on and kind of take us there and then tell us how that experience has helped you kind of move forward and keep the event going so that you keep coming back for more after 11 years well it's it's in many ways it's straightforward those five years from the inception of the idea all the way back in 1987, my first year on the Monterey Peninsula, standing on the corner of Lincoln and Ocean, we had gone any, mini mighty mo. We were staying at the Cypress Inn just down the street, which is literally my event headquarters to this day. And uh, uh, literally on the event footprint, walk out of the door, you're in the event. It's where our office is for the month of August. And said to Jeannie, let's put some cars out here. How do we do it? When we finally got serious in 2001, we found out we had to go through a lot. The city of Carmel, uh, while it's a terrific place in all the ways many people know, an unbelievable backdrop, an unbelievable chocolate box-like village, kind of a movie set, uh, ready to go. And when you remove all of the cars parked there and all of the traffic from 18 blocks, you have this silent unbelievably handsome, um, charming little village. But I found out that the, the city government can be pretty tough. 
And, and it's, again, it's applicable, relentless pursuit. You just dog it and dog it and dog it. And it's that difficult permit to obtain each year. And you go through the process, the tight confines of Carmel, the tight streets, the, the tight turn radiuses, uh, everything has to still be able to accommodate emergency services vehicles, fire engines, ambulances, all the things it takes if, God forbid, something uh, unfortunate were to happen, and on and on and on and on. Every one of those things is a challenge, including staging in the morning, including even before that, we're unable to do the first thing to turn it into a Concorde Elegance until midnight of the day. And we start at midnight, 12, you know, 12 midnight, right through to 8.30 a.m. when we begin staging. And we have to make everything happen in all of those overnight hours. So you're a bit tired when you've been awake most of the night. And uh, your teams are out there and you're working hard. It's just one thing after another. It causes this fantastic You've got to work hard on it in the same way you, I guess you would say, imagine a building, imagineer a building from out of thin air. Uh, you imagineer, uh, this Concord Elegance and all that that means. And you work with, you work with local shopkeepers. You work with local restaurateurs, local innkeepers. You work with everybody that you can who will welcome the event from the Concord Avenues, which is what we call the streets of Carmel, our 18 blocks closed to traffic Concord Avenues, welcome them from the Concord Avenues into the shops and restaurants and inns, and then get them out of the inns, the restaurants and the shops onto the Concord Avenues. And, and it's a great way for spectators uh, to enjoy the whole program. And on and on, I could really ramble on a long time about this. <laughs> well, I'll let our listeners know, I've had dozens of Concord event directors, people that put on events around the country on this show, everybody from Tom McDowell at Concorso Italiano to uh, Sandra Button with the great Pebble Beach, Bill Warner, Amelia Island. I mean, they go on and on. You can go to our, my website and just click on the references button and click on Concord and you'll see. I hear this story and over and over again. This is no small feat. There are so many moving parts. I think you're the kind of guy that was designed to tackle something like this because of your career path with development, real estate development, so many facets. But wow, kudos to you and your team. Absolutely spectacular. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a moment when you had kind of an aha moment about this event. Now, maybe that was at the beginning when you were standing on the corner out there. Uh, the corner, in fact, I stay right on Dolores, one block up from where you stay at the Cypress Inn when I'm down there during car week, so we're practically neighbors down there. What's that aha moment that helped you realize, you know what, this is an event that has to take place or an event that has to continue? I think it was twofold. It really was standing on the corner in uh, 1987, all of the things that happened with cars in the Monterey Peninsula happening and, and realizing Carmel didn't have its own signature moment in 87, and uh, that didn't happen, I don't think, until... Uh, 98, really, when things began to change a little bit. And then from there, uh, it was very straightforward. I realized that the Cypress Inn, our home for August, was owned by a great car guy named Denny Levette, sort of the ex-de facto mayor of Carmel and, and everybody's friend and, and great personality. His partner is Doris Day, uh, the actress who lives out in the valley, and uh, realized, wow, I'm a great car guy. Uh, this, this inn, one of the heartbeats of Carmel, if not the heartbeat of Carmel, 
the place to go and hang out. And uh, such a terrific village. All of those things together struck me. And then I think at the same time, it's realizing there was a way if you would go early in the week on a day that no one else was using at the time, no one. And even though everyone said to me, you know what, Doug, you might be an okay guy. I'm not even sure about that, <laughs> but you'll never, get, you'll never get a permit to do this. And guess what? If you get a permit, no one's ever coming here on Tuesday to think about cars. Everything happens later in the week. And well, of course, we know the rest of that story, but it's, it's all of these things together that sort of uh, a combination aha moment. And really, more than anything, more than anything, more than anything, was all the great cars, whether it be micro cars, muscle cars, hot rods, on and on and on and on. There were so many neat makes and models within the model range of those makes missing from what took place in the Monterey Peninsula in the way of a Concorde. It just seemed logical to me. And to connect the dots of what was then the prehistoric races the weekend before and the historics coming now, the pre-reunion reunion on a Tuesday that connected the dots of the two weekends and you know, mix it up, stir the pot. And before you know it, you've got a critical mass of events. And here we are. It's that simple. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, I'll remind listeners, if you go to Car Week and you haven't come in early in the week and gone to this event, you definitely need to do it because I love the eclectic mix of cars that arrive at your show. It's casual, fun. Uh, these are cars that people drive into the event. I mean, the sounds, the smells, it's just a wonderful, wonderful morning. How about a proudest moment in time? Now, this could be a career moment or this could be something having to do with the Carmel by the Sea Concours on the Avenue. What's the proudest moment for you that you would share? Uh, I'm, I'm thankful for a lot of things. I, I had the great fortune to grow up with a terrific mom and dad, both of whom have recently passed away, uh, a real heartbreaker. Uh, I, I uh, got to do so many different things and learn so many things from two great individuals, Jack and Phyllis Friedman, a terrific couple, my mom and my dad, and they gave me the opportunity in so many ways uh, to share and to be involved, and uh, uh, that that my proudest moment is still to this day that 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 I uh, I was taught to give back and try in every way. And when we give when we give back to the Carmel Foundation, proud to say we've raised a lot of money now for the Carmel Foundation in concert with the executive team and foundation members. Carmel Foundation supports seniors all over the Monterey Peninsula and has been doing so since April 1950 and is literally a half a block off of our event venue, their headquarters, with all kinds of uh, housing throughout Carmel and a monumental program that we wouldn't be able to execute our event without our teamwork with their team, and we kind of become one big team. I have a lot, a lot of moments. Uh, I, I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of all my club work along the way. Um, I, I only mentioned this to sort of underscore this. I'm proud that I was involved uh, for so many years in the latter 70s uh, to date with Ferrari Club of America and past president and national chairman, 95 through 99. I'm proud that uh, the great Jacques Sporters of uh, Ecurie Frankershaw uh, fame, uh, the great racing, uh, yellow racing cars of Belgium, asked me, myself, and Jeannie to come to live in Brussels for the year 1992 to be his conservator or curator for his private museum, FF Galleria, 
uh, and there's much, much more to that story. And uh, I, I'm just, I'm thankful, and and I'm a lucky guy. There you go. <laughs> well, most definitely, but I always say that uh, there isn't a lot of luck. It's really when uh, uh, opportunity and preparation collide at the same intersection, and it definitely has happened for you. But, wow, what a spectacular life. Definitely a lot to be proud of for sure. Well, let's go back in time again and talk about your first really special car, that first really special car that you got. Maybe you could share a memory about that vehicle. Simple. Four years uh, had passed since it was brand new. It's 1969, and I inherited or was given uh, while my cousin Steve went to the Army, and uh, his 1965 Pontiac GTO wasn't running, had to make it run, but that was my first car, four years old with a lot of miles on it, and to this day, I have that special place in my heart for a 65 Pontiac GTO hardtop, and there you go. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty great stuff, and I'm really thankful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The old goat. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, how about a car that yeah. you've owned that you've let go? Is there one of those in your story and your life has got to be? Well, I'm going to have, I have to answer that. There are a lot of them that I'd love to have back, but one, um, my second car, 65 Corvette Roadster. You know, my dad would never buy any of these things for me. I had to, I had to work and pay for them myself. And those lessons learned, as opposed to what dad could have just written a check for. Um, those hard lessons learned. Earning that car, uh, the way it looked, Nassau blue '65 Roadster, bright blue interior, manual shift car. It was a small block car, but it had some good little options on it. And you know, who didn't covet a mid-year as I did right from uh, all, you know, those handful of years uh, prior in 60, the fall of 62, and there it is in 69. I couldn't imagine I'd have, uh, and to this day, to have a Nassau Blue 65 or a Marina Blue 67 in my garage would be just perfect. Ah, uh, yeah. Wow. Spectacular. Well, let's talk about today. What has you excited and fired up about this year's upcoming Carmel by the Sea Concord on the Avenue? What can those of us who are fortunate enough to attend this event this coming August expect to see? Well, I'm always a little secretive about that because we don't, we don't focus on a, on a, on a, on a, on a, on a particular, a particular class or a particular story. You know, so many things are well done, very well done all over the Monterey Peninsula with all of the great events that everyone should try to attend. I don't really focus on special classes that much. And, uh, so we like to have a little bit of a surprise. Uh, what, what excites me and what generally makes things happen. I love that when I go to my the mailbox in my office, the mailman's come, he's left the mail, I unlock the door, and that's like, uh, uh, and I even have written a little, uh, sort of a little ditty about this. It's a, what am I going to find in my mailbox? An application for entry that has a photo attached to it uh, for Carmel Concord on the Avenue, and that photo might be of the very car on the top of that Ravel model box that I tried to buy or did in fact buy and build when I was a kid going to the hobby shop back in the day, the local hobby shop. And it's like I get to go to my private hobby shop every day, my mailbox at the office, and uh, whether I get the mail or the mail's handed over to me, there it is, <laughs> something that's fantastic that triggers unreal memories. And that's that's and, 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 and just the, the thought of the thought of a lot of people with smiles on their faces. That's 
the interaction between spectators and entrants and entrants and spectators and judges and entrants and on and on, those interactions and all of the smiles and all of the faces and circling back, the best thing about cars is the friends you make along the way. That's what I look forward to. Well, we'll keep the suspense alive. And for those, again, of us who are lucky enough to be there that Tuesday, cannot wait to see what we see. Every year, it's just such a wonderful mix of cross marks, different marks, race cars. I mean, you just don't know what's going to roll in there, but it's so wonderful. But you said the real truth here, and that is the friendships, because that's the big thing for me when I go down to Car Week in Monterey, Carmel, Pebble Beach, is all the people I meet, people who've been on my show, friends of people, new friends that I meet. That's what it's all about. All right, here's a very introspective question for you, Doug. If Doug was a car, what kind of car would he be and why? Ferrari GTO, (laughs) no doubt. The possibilities were endless with a GTO. It could be on a racetrack. It could be on a hill climb. It could be anywhere in the world. And uh, to this day, it's very much the same. And you can get in and you can spark the thing drive the thing, and do all of it all by yourself. You can even, if you have a little bit of mechanical ability, you can even maybe do a little work yourself. Yeah. And uh, it's just something really, really special to look at and to use and to so on and so on. And if I might, if you don't mind, if I could just backtrack one moment, is that okay, Mark? Sure, of course. I'll give one little taste. I've been saying this to people you know. If you come across any... Really fantastic. All steel station wagons, not hoodies, but station wagons from the 50s and 60s. The great two-tone jobs with, with the third seat. And we all tried to claim the seat, and our moms drove those. Yeah. All the moms in the neighborhoods had them. That's what we were carpooled to school in. I'm looking for station wagons like the day they were born, and they are really hard to find. I got news for everybody, real hard to find. And if by chance... Uh, you happen to know where any Thunderbolts or lightweight or Galaxy R code cars or any Ford Galaxy 61234 right in that kind of sweet spot there happen to be. Maybe you'll encourage these owners to, to get in touch with me. And one final thing, you'd think they were everywhere, but they're just not as exactly the day they were born pickup trucks and or restored to like they were born looking for pickup trucks. So there's three uh, going to talk about something that might be happening. If we can grab up a few more here and there to be potential entrants that we can vet and accept, that'd be terrific. Well, there you go, listeners. There's a little scoop for you here on Cars Yeah. So if you know of people or if you have vehicles like this, just go to Doug's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. I'll have links as far as ways to get in touch with him. Give him a call and who knows, your car could be on display there too, there on Ocean Avenue. Very cool, Doug. Thanks for sharing that. Well, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yow sponsors. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer an ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. 
Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Doug, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Buy what you love. <laughs> Drive what you love. Enjoy uh, enjoy cars in every way possible. Ride them, drive them, race them, and don't forget to show them. Absolutely. I love that. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Same thing like I've been saying, relentless pursuit, be highly organized, stay on track and make it happen. Don't let anybody down. There you go. Now, how about a resource? There are great resources out there, but is there one or maybe two that you'd like to share? You know what? Um, rather than pick on one or two, I'm just going to simply say the collector car and the vintage race communities, there are so many individuals out there, so many talented, knowledgeable uh, individuals and fantastic companies, uh, chase them down. Your yeah. friends, your car buddies and your car gal friends, chase them down. The information's there. The camaraderie's there. Yeah, I guarantee you they will share. Absolutely. That's what car people do. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field or industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Enzo Ferrari. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? You know, it's interesting, too, that you're the second person in a week that has said his name. So uh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, that would be something for sure. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read recently or maybe in the past you think our listeners would enjoy reading as well? I, I think it's the same thing. We used to have just a few, a few automotive-related books in the old days. Today, there are books everywhere, and they're phenomenal, phenomenal books. So many great authors. Don't stick with just one. Buy bunches. Absolutely. I'll remind our listeners, if you go to the Cars yeah! website, there's a place there called Guest Recommended Books under the References tab. 
I've got close to a thousand books listed there from both uh, authors that have been on the show, recommendations from other guests. I've made it real easy for you. Quick clicks to buy. Build up that uh, reference library for your automotive passions because uh, there's so many great books out there these days. They just keep coming to my desk. I just got a few today. I'll remind our listeners you can find links to everything here on carsyad.com on Doug's website page here. Just type Doug Friedman, F-R-E-E-D-M-A-N, into the search bar, and his page will pop right up with all these links and links to get a hold of him if you've got some of those cool cars he's looking for. All right, Doug, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one very cool car in your garage, but don't worry about the price because today I'm buying, what would that vehicle be and why? That's a, that's a tough one. I know. I'm sorry. Just one. GTO 62. Oh, okay. Well, we're back to the Ferrari GTO. So, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, that's probably, well, that is the most requested car when I ask that question here. And since there's only about, I think, 24 left in the world, I think I've given all 24 away. So I'm running out of cars here, but I'll see if I can uh, get one back for you. But what is it about the, I mean, you talked about it before a little bit, but if you had a GTO in your garage... What about that car would make you so happy? Everything. The way it looks, the way it sounds, the way it feels, where you can go with it, what you can enter with it, uh, everything about it. And by the way, it's 36 GTOs plus some say 39 if you count the three, 3.3 liters. And uh, whether it's a GTO 62, three or four, or the 3.3 liter cars, if I'm stating everything correctly, They're out there, and uh, they're just fantastic when you see them wherever you go. Well, there you go. You would know better than me, so now there's hope. I guess that means I've got to go out and find you one. So I know there's a blue one for sale right now, unless that one's been sold, but maybe I could uh, talk the guy out of that car. But uh, there's nothing better I would love to do is put a GTO in your garage, Doug. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? I would uh, come over for a ride every day. Well, Doug, you've taken us on a great ride, and I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that 62 GTO? I'd say it's very straightforward. Wherever you are, ask a car guy or a car gal to tell you about their car, and you know they'll burn your ear off and enjoy (laughs) that response. I love that that interaction between spectator and entrant. You'll get a uh, a lot of interesting thought that way. You know, you're so right, and I think that is the best thing about Car Week or any event you go to that's involved with cars. Take the time to go up and talk to the owners. Don't be timid because they would be happy to share their stories and their cars with you. Walk up, say hello, put your hand out, shake their hand, and uh, yeah, they'll talk your ear off, that's for sure. Exactly. Old friends, new friends create memories. And like I said before, ride them, drive them, race them, and don't forget to show them. Absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners if they want to learn more about Carmel by the Sea Concours on the Avenue? CarmelConcours.com or dial me. All right. I'll put all that contact information on Doug's show notes page here at CarsYa.com. You can look that up. I would encourage you to uh, book your flight a little early during Car Week if you're lucky enough to go. Get there for bright and early Tuesday morning. That's the time to show up as early so you can watch the cars come in and smell the fumes and listen to the sounds. It's a magical, magical moment. Doug, thanks for bringing 11 years of fun to all of us enthusiasts there with your event. And thank you today for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your incredible experiences with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Until we talk again, 
I'll see you down the road. Thank you. Thank you for your time and allowing me to be part of your program. All the best. The pleasure's all mine. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!